0: abstract athlete podcast a collision of art sports and science welcome everyone thank you as always for listening to the abstract athlete podcast thanks to our listeners thank you to our sponsors remember if you have any questions comments keep them coming to info at the Please stop by our website, theabstractathlete.com to check out our creative training journals and for information on upcoming events and workshops. Do not forget to follow us on all of our social media platforms, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Also, remember to give a listen to our upcoming second podcast called The Abstract Doctors, and you can follow us on social media under The Abstract Doctors. Really a great podcast today as I get to talk with three incredible doctors, Dr. Robert Wynn, Director and Professor in Division of Pulmonary Disease and Critical Care, Dr. Ron Gartenhaus, Associate associate Director for Veterans Health Director, Hunter Holmes, McGuire Veterans Affairs Cancer Center Professor, and our own Dr. David Sifu, who is a professor, senior TBI specialist, veterans health administration, associate dean of innovation and systems integration. All of them are at Virginia Commonwealth University. We're gonna talk about the importance of creativity as a method, a proactive method for wellness, what effects this proactive approach and positive reinforcement can have on our health, and may even come up with a few cool new terms. Anyways, Let's welcome Dr. Wynn Gardenhouse, and seafood Come on, let's talk about
1: your experiences in, in survivorship, man.
0: Yeah. L- you know? li- literally, yeah, no. Like what's like, yeah, like for people that don't know you, like yeah. who are you? <laughs> I mean, like. Yeah. Yeah. You're talking to uh, me. Do I, it we, it. we don't need to talk to Dave anymore. Dave, everybody knows Dave. Jeez. <laughs> So yeah. basically, I'm a I, physician are you scientist. You start the
2: tape, roll it, man. Yeah, no. we're rolling. We're rolling. We're rolling. Go. Go right. ahead. Okay, Read hey guys, be the ball. So I'm a physician scientist. I spent my last 15 years at University of Maryland, which is a comprehensive cancer center, and I was involved in with the leadership, and we were able to get our comprehensive cancer center status from the NCI. And that was really a...
1: What does that mean? Talk to me. Tell, tell the world what that... That's, that's at
2: the highest level of designation that the National Cancer Institute will assign to cancer centers. And it meant what we did. We ran the gamut. We had a population science. We had excellent basic science. We had clinical trials. We were really a consummate center that really focused on everything that's necessary to take care of the cancer patient. And one of our strengths, actually, in Baltimore, which we have something very similar here in Richmond, which Dr. Wynn will comment on, is we had a large underserved population um, in Baltimore, and we really were able to get a number of patients on clinical trials, which is key. For a number of reasons, um, people had been hesitant to be enrolled in trials. They were a little wary of going on clinical trials because- And a trial is a research study, right? That, that's a- Correct. These are clinical research studies that were to take- Um, not yet tested, you know, um, treatments and see how they can be applied to the population. And we were able to really enroll a number of patients from the underserved population. A lot of minority patients were enrolled. And that was one of our strengths. It was was considered to be one of the outstanding aspects of our comprehensive cancer center. And I'm very hopeful that we're going to have something very similar with Dr. Winn at the leadership over at Massey because he's very strong in, into outreach and that's something he's really made a career out of focusing on. And he brings a great scientific background, clinical care background, but his real strength and focus has been over the years in developing these outreach programs for underserved populations. And I'm gonna let if, Dr. Wynn comment.
1: If, if you have programs that really don't have that, like, like you know, assuming you have patients who are of, of, you know, a wide range of ethnic backgrounds and, 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 and Know, different socioeconomic classes, but if you don't have that kind of strong cross-cultural, what do you find in in, in, in those patients when they come to see you, the few that get there? What, what challenges are they going to have? I mean, why is it important to have that kind of a background in that center?
2: Well, clearly, I mean, there are a number of aspects to that question. First of all, you want to avail everyone, the entire population of opportunities to have the best care. And when you don't have any programs in place where you can really be able to offer that to all the demographics that, that, you know, uh, make up your population that you're uh, targeting, clearly these people won't have that opportunity to be enrolled in possibly life-saving therapies. Um, But that's really a major push across the nation to have cancer centers that really have a large aspect of this outreach to underserved populations. And that's Really, a critical aspect to getting any kind of NCI designation, say, the Cancer Center. Would
0: you say that VCU is kind of a leader in that in that kind it, of shift? It is. It's it's a
2: leader. It, 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 it's one of the leaders in it. Yeah. And again, because of the makeup of the demographics of Richmond, frankly, and it's it's um it's an opportunity for us, and it's something that I know that over the years, um, Massey has been working with and trying to develop and enroll patients. And again, this is something that we still can improve upon, of course. And that's something that's a really um, a major focus of us, Dr. Wynn especially. And I and think we're going to really be successful.
1: From your experience in Baltimore uh, and, and, and your other journeys, you know, what, what are some of the unique elements of folks that come from th- these different backgrounds? What do they use to get through the challenges of having the diagnosis of cancer? I mean, let's assume they can even get the right clinical trials and the right medications and and the right the best oncologist. Sure. What are some of the things that they use in their system that perhaps the, the other folks, um, um you know, folks, folks, folks like the like the three of us, folks that are white. What don't we use that they use? Well, I think faith,
2: faith based, uh-huh. you know, uh, component that a lot of people who come from these demographics, um, they have a strong faith, a, a background in. Um, a religious aspect to their um family life they also put faith in their physician that's key that we have to develop a good rapport with our patients because trust is really key to any success with your patients and if you don't have that you are really behind the eight ball you really have to develop a connection with your patients and today most physicians really i mean most of us that's what we want to do we want our patients to have faith in us because we're really dedicated and committed to having the best possible outcome for our patients, whether it's delivering state-of-the-art therapy or enrolling patients on trials whose um, outcomes would be not that good if they go on standard therapies. So in order to put someone on a trial, you really have to have the faith and trust of the patient that you're really trying to get them the best possible care. And that's something that's really um, something we all focus on. And here at the VA, we also have a similar thing you know, many of our vets, um, many of them come from various demographics. And again, we want to encourage them to have faith that we're going to give them the best possible care. And it's important for us to communicate that to
0: them. Well, just- I think it's it's interesting to me, like in the COVID world now, that how how aware people are becoming about underserved populations and health care. I mean, it is right. now, I don't want to say it's at the forefront, but the the disparity of of Underserved communities and the death rates, or the 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 um, sure. the rate of, of in disease, right. and, and the inability to get and I like I'm wondering, we got Roberts coming on here in a second, um, wondering how that, I mean that sounds like it's the same and I the same kind of situation in the cancer world and so like it does with VCU being like a leader, it it does feel like we're kind of ahead of ahead of the game in that respect.
1: Well, and, and if you can't build the trust with your patients, whether it's a veteran connection or whether it's a, a black connection or whether it's a spiritual connect you know that, 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 that it's a Christian uh, a hospital or it's whatever it is, you can't create that connection, A you can't get them to even come to see you but which if they don't see you, you have no chance. B even if they see you, the, 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 the obstacles to kind of get them to buy into these treatments and the duration of care and some of the challenges, are 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 nearly impossible and and you know you know Rob and Ron are coming from different spaces Ron's working on getting the veterans trust getting them in the door getting service members families Rob's working on getting on uh, people of color and people that have had traditionally poor access they're doing it by being there and being in the community and speaking to community leaders and I'm sure Ron, Rob's got a lot to say about that, don't you, Rob? Welcome,
0: Rob. <laughs> I, I, I do. I love how I love how you Damn, just uh, Rob I win do. everybody. Rob win. Thank you.
1: Amen, Rob. Give me an amen. Has
2: Rob, come on yet? Yeah. He just I, did. <laughs> I just want to mention one thing. I'm sure Rob's going to have a lot to say. But before he gets on, you mentioned COVID. Some right. of the many of the issues that have to do with the increased mortality, morbidity, with Patients who come from represented populations who are of color, et cetera, they have a lot of comorbidities that make it very difficult when you give them cancer therapy, whether it's high blood pressure, diabetes. We don't want to go, we don't have to go to now, but regardless, whatever the reasons are for these comorbidities, they make it more difficult to offer optimum care because of the increased risk of various therapies. So these are things that we have to deal with in, in aiming to deliver the best possible care across the board to all patients. So these are challenges that we have to deal with, whether it was with COVID, as you can see the increased morbidity and mortality for certain populations. And similarly in the cancer world, we also have to deal with these comorbidities. So there's a lot of overlap and something that really has a common um, treatment, you know, difficulty.
1: And that's something that we're
2: all having to deal with now.
1: Hey, Rob, Rob, just to get you up to speed, we've been talking about how spirituality can be a tool to help with survivorship, but also a tool to get people to trust and to be part of a system and access. We talked about how creativity, uh, you know, uh, in your life can be a way again that you can enhance survivorship. You can enhance uh, your ability to tolerate some of the challenges of cancer or other diagnosis. So just to kind of let you know what we've
0: been,
3: <laughs> doing, what we've been you by. just Who jump made.
0: right in there you go
3: i, I love you guys i'm back at you <laughs> uh, and, we can't see and, you you know, this is, you know. Well, i can see I, it don't worry i, I, got, I, I think the. i think the one other thing that to think about and i'm um, very much very much uh, <laughs> Visionary. Do a visionary
1: picture, man. Go ahead. Man. <laughs> oh, my God.
2: That's Rob. That was Rob before he <laughs> came back from Chicago.
3: <laughs> vision, man. I'm visionary. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, my God. So I'm thinking that the two populations in particular, and again, this is going to sound a little bit like going back to the 60 days where Fred Hampton was having, you know, you know all different kinds of really the first rainbow coalition coming together. But I started thinking about folks in Beattyville, Kentucky. I started thinking about people here in some of the, you know, more rural places where they can't get access. They have the same issues. Yep. And okay. so as we're thinking about building this out, it'd be really cool to think about really this sort of people's population or people's campaign in which we are our vets. Some of those vets, some of those vets are in well-to-do places, but a lot of those vets are going to be people we take care of. The urban underserved, the rural underserved. So as we're building this out, I want to make sure that, you know, um, and I've been telling somebody that I'm about to put a piece that says Black Lives Matter and America Needs Farmers. And both of those things are true. Yep. Yep. And so in some ways, I think we are at a point right now where I'd like to be able to figure out how we do these bridges, that we let people understand that in Beattyville, Kentucky and in parts of Virginia, that we see them too. Yeah. Uh, and that we want to get their creativity and their spirit involved because it's going to take all of us literally to sort of be able to move this forward. So um, I don't, you know, I, although I know all lives matter publicly, we now know that that has been um, unfortunately um, taken as a phrase to mean something quite different. Yep,
0: yep. it's true
3: which That's is true. unfortunate well, because and, and, I, because all word. of us inherently know that yeah. all lives matters but that um, that phrase has unfortunately been has been hijacked and yep. uh, now means something completely different but i think this push for bridging all of us rural Underserved urban populations. I think we can do that. So that's my two cents, and I don't know if you guys agree, but that's where I'm standing on this. Well, and, and some of the bridges can be spirituality, can
1: be art, creativity, can be sports and athletics yes. and participation. You know, it just in 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 skills. You know, yes. whether that's art class or whether that's uh, you know the Boy Scouts or what, whatever it is, church. You know, but 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 how do you how do you two as you know the real deal you know um um physician scientist you know the big dogs how do you guys, you know um in you know get to that level and and really get your entire oncology teams your entire, you know,
2: I'll say dave yeah we we're talking about like how we connect but the real bottom line is passion whatever someone has passion is okay. a connection so when i have on a personal level when i interacted with patients over the years I found the commonality and it could be anything, you know, whatever I had and they had something in common that we had passion. We would talk about it and we would talk sometimes too long, as you might guess. And whether it was sports, whether it was religion, whether it was philosophy, you name it, it could be anything, but we had some, we had a connection. That was the common passion. And when you talk with someone and you share a passion with them, I think that also develops trust. And once you have the trust, that's key, as we were talking earlier about how to get people on board with going on trials and
1: other
3: options. Agreed. Well said, by the way. Well <laughs> said.
1: Very <laughs> impassioned. Very if I may say. As a transition, though. So you've got them on board, you know, you've, you've made those connections and now they've got to tolerate six weeks of challenges in terms of chemo or they've had a undergo a bad surgery or they've got a couple years of just following up with radiation. So you know, what kinds of things did you guys talk to them about in terms of how do they then what are their life goals? You know, you know, instead of just focusing on their cancer and beating it, you know, what 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 challenges can you see? Again, I see. Sports, return to you know run a marathon or, or watch their kids play you know sports or you know go back to something creative golf painting music you
0: Well, know? oh, i mean that's like kind of what we talked about when we met a couple weeks ago or however long ago it seems like eons ago but that idea like rob you know being an athlete like that that space of the community of being in a in a in a a team sport and how that works and you know, like dave said like Painting and like setting like goals, like, I don't want to say creative goals, but you know, like they can be athletic goals, sport or uh, creative goals and how coming out of like a cancer diagnosis, or if you're currently in one, like, yeah, what, what are those, what are those things that you guys push or, or other
1: than seeing Ron's smiling face, uh, which we're which, doing. Which now, works. <laughs> what are the motivators? What are the what are the things that we that they, they can use to really rely on? I mean, realistic goals. You have to be that's
2: the thing. You've got to be honest. You've got to be realistic. So, you know, if the guy couldn't run a marathon before, it's not <laughs> the kind of thing was don't worry, we're gonna get you running the marathon. But you try <laughs> to tell them they're gonna probably, you know, often have an opportunity to get back to where they were. And depending on the kind of therapy and the outcome, of course, for the particular malignancy, you want to instill hope in them. And, again, it's very important to be honest because that's something, again, this gets back to trust and connection. you got to be realistic. you got to be honest. But many patients will have the opportunity to get back to where they were. And you talk to them about what they like to do, what they used to do, and that, you know, with time and with rehab, and that comes in many flavors, they will have the opportunity to get back they'll be able to regain the life they had earlier. And that's something that is very strong in terms of motivating patients to go through with the therapy, which can be very tough at times.
3: Agreed. Agreed. So here's, here's a question. How much of this do we need to, and this is a question for both David and you and Ron, how much of this gets tied back into um, survivorship? How much of this gets tied into, so when I'm thinking about the cancer patients through the whole period of time, right? You got the prevention, then they get their cancer, they're newly diagnosed, um, they go through that process, they're getting their treatment, and then there's the post-treatment. Is this focus, this focus is, I'm, I'm getting from you guys is squarely put on The focus of the post treatment survivorship, or is this during the treatment and post? So, I'm trying to get some clarification about what's who are we trying to target?
1: Well, I I, obviously it's everyone, that's always the answer, but 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 I I do think I think you know to have the six month survivorship goals or the six years, if you're not focusing on their reality right now, if you're not even you know doing the pre surgical, pre chemo. Planning to say, you know, let's get your head and your body and your heart and your lungs, and your brain, in a good space. Let's prepare you for this, this major event. It's it's the Super Bowl of your life that's about to occur, all right. But by by working on their their quality of their of their of their mind, their ability to relax, by working on the food they put in their body, their exercise, their sleep, their family supports, and then you're hitting them with the worst thing they could ever be hit with, you know, the threat to their life. And obviously you, they've got you all to support and they've got a great technology, you know, but you know, how do you maybe use some of these things when they're at their worst? You know? So if, if I think if you're not doing that, then I think you're being naive thinking, well, after that's all done, then we're going to pick up the Humpty Dumpty pieces and put it back together. And, you know, and we're going to call it Survivor Show. I do think I think it's the whole thing, Rob. That's my. That's yeah,
0: my- I, I guess I would I would say the the, the proactive approach, because that's kind of what the abstract athlete does is like we're really thinking about how creativity isn't. I mean, it's obviously it, it helps. It, it's therapeutic. But we're, we're talking about, like, thinking about it, Rob, like, practicing football. You know, you're practicing to get better or whatever, but that's, like, a proactive approach to something. So, like, my idea is, like, when you find out, like, you have a cancer diagnosis, like, the, the, you're already in therapeutic mode. But if you're doing these certain things beforehand, is that benefiting you after the, you know, after the fact or, or, or during so do the- What do you
2: think? Yes. In fact, one of our colleagues, Rob and mine, is Hundley, who's over at VCU, and his big, one of the big things that he focuses on is getting people in better condition so they can better tolerate the therapies. Yep. So we, I don't even want to use the word rehab because typically we use the and I say this out of deference to Sifu, who I understand has a little background of that. So <laughs> when you talk about rehabilitation, we use it after the fact. Someone suffered an insult, and then you rehabilitate them. But your point about being proactive is that as someone has a diagnosis now, and we now know we have a battle ahead of us, yep. now's the time. Don't wait for the rehabilitation phase. Now get them into as good a shape as possible. Being proactive. And that's something that actually Helen is doing studies on now to show how people who, while they're exercising during the therapy, can better tolerate it and perhaps have better outcomes. So, so being talk- proactive is a key.
1: I like that phrase. Proactive.
0: Well, so and are I you think about, about
1: prehab. Are you
2: talking
0: prehab. about a prehab? prehab? That's a good. I like that.
1: I have. I have a, a term I've created. I think it's just called CFU. What do you think uh. of that?
0: <laughs> C-few problem. C-few. Anyway, but, should, we, but, should we start that hashtag? Hashtag.
1: Man, like, a good general isn't just going to dive into battle because he happened to have troops, right? He's got to understand what the battle is going to be about. What, what, is it going to be land? Is it going to be sea? Is it ice cold? Is it nighttime? He may take weeks, months preparing before that D-Day. So, yeah, Greg Hundley, who's the, the director of the Pauley Heart Center and one of the world's leaders in in in, in, the, in, in, in uh, oncocardiology or cardio-oncology, where he looks at the quality of the heart, through exercise and activity, so that the brain can be optimized and the body during chemotherapy or, or, or before surgery. I mean, that's you know that's what the, that's the basic tenet of rehabilitation. But I don't I don't mind just stealing the word. It's fine, but but of course it's got to be the whole thing. Rob, what do you think? You you brought it up. What are your thoughts?
3: No, I I really like this, and I and I do think that, and again, not to get heavily academic, but. It, it's just one interesting phase of what if we introduce the whole concept of art, creativity, and all the rest of that at the very beginning, right? Yep. Bingo. Of, of anything. And you're talking now, and again, prehab. I'm going to say it enough. I where, love that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <yo>. Prehab <laughs> and <laughs> bench. We got we got all these things coming up. <laughs> where, where you're getting people ready,
3: almost like exercising the muscle and exercising spiritually exercising mentally creativity and the body before you get the therapy Yep.
0: wanted to take a quick break Please stop by our website, theabstractathlete.com, and check out our daily creative training journal, which is also available on Amazon. Remember to listen to our upcoming second podcast called The Abstract Doctors Podcast. You can follow us on social media under The Abstract Doctors. Now, back to the doctors. No, and I I, like Dave knows that we've always talked about our our creative approach. And the the reason why we've started this program at VCU is the idea that it is a prehab. It is it is like instead of therapy, you're you're putting this thing that so it's built into your daily practice. So, so that, that, that idea of having it built into your system, like then it's not reactionary. It's, 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 it's pre-actionary. I'm like, we're going to, we're going to put pre in front of everything.
1: (laughs) but, but, But I also think that that cancer centers need to start looking like they are about the prehab, right? So when you walk in, there should be things about wellness. There should be, you know, you know, yes, we're sir. Having a 5K. We're having the the you know the, the the Hundley 5K next week because that needs to really be part of the whole. It can't do something. Well, everything's terrible. Now we're gonna eat vegetables and we're gonna we're gonna run. No, that's interesting, but we're doing it regardless of how you're gonna do. This is the right. Am I right, Rob? I mean, that's what the math yep. needs to have in the waiting room is wellness. At, um,
3: and, and that is a distinguishing point between what we would be doing and what UVA would be doing. Yes. Amen, brother. I like <laughs> that. Yes. yes. Just saying. Not like I'm competitive. I'm not that competitive. I'm just saying. I'm a little competitive. You're a little competitive. <laughs>
0: <laughs> which is okay. Which is good. We appreciate it. A lot of it.
3: folks can have the the
1: expensive high-tech imaging or the specialized protocols and that you have to have that. But that's assumed. But to me, it's the it's the extra stuff, you know. It's the yes, stuff sir. you know. It, it, it it's it's the dressing on the salad, it's not just the dry salad. Because you know, and and again, I don't want to insult how amazing it is to have the scientists and the research piece and the technology. That's vital, but you have to have the other stuff too. I think special yep. sauce. Well, but Ron, what do you can- think? Yeah, Ron, what do you yeah.
2: think, buddy? I mean, I I agree. I think this whole concept of going to battle. I like that. You know, we we tend not to use war terms, you know, just in general, but it is a battle. Fighting cancer, it is a battle. And you know, going back many years ago, I trained at MD Anderson, and we had a shirt at the time that was really neat. It said, fighting cancer, that was the front of the shirt, and on the back it said, now that's a job. And that really, really impressed upon me that that is what we do, what we expect our patients to do, that it's a battle. We're gearing up for battle. The best way to gear up for battle is to come loaded for beer. I like mixing metaphors, you may have noticed. (laughs) (laughs) And the thing (laughs) is, I want want the doctor and I want the patient and I want all the support services to to look at it like that. that. We've got to go in there in the best shape possible, figuratively and literally. And the way to do that is to incorporate all everything we've been talking about.
3: <coughs> yep. yep. Yep.
1: I like it, man. Yeah, well, so we, we, got, we got to give them the comprehensiveness. That's why the comprehensive status has that word. Exactly. To right. we include wellness and survivorship and Spirituality, right? I mean, you know, that's what it's all about, and you can't just kind of say after the fact or check a box, it has to be inherent, which is what we're trying to do with the bench. (laughs) Talked about, right? Where where it takes more than just the two superstars, it takes the entire team, and you need that depth, and you never know. In you know, in the in the in the seventh game, in the last several minutes, you may need that guy who can do X or Y, you know. And, and so we've got the whole
3: thing. And
0: Steve who Kerr need. had to make that three pointer. Yep, you know.
3: Yep. Yep.
0: No, I mean. So I mean what do you,
3: what so, do you think? What's
0: that? What time?
3: What, what are you you know in a context of <clears throat> looking at this in a context of athletes and trying to put this together here? What what are your thoughts? Me. Are we on right? Yeah. Are we on the right track?
0: Yes. I mean, I like again. Like I think we're we're all talking about the same the same stuff. We're coming fr- coming at it obviously from different angles because I'm only an artist. I don't know anything. So, but I I mean I think Chris and I like again and 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 Dave when we started this this the proactivity I think is is what we've always been interested in because it's this question of of wellness and and like does mm. does having like a creative practice is it is it like beneficial for our wellness like i'm looking at now like I, I just saw that the the nba for instance is going to be wearing rings like wearable rings to like see if they can diagnose um covid before no, it actually I'm happens really, it's, really it's H, 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 yeah hrv and and so like These questions, though, that can a proactive approach in terms of, like, exercise, but also exercising the mind creatively, you know, like, being creative, whatever that means, writing music or poetry or painting or whatever, does that also stave off illness? Like, those kind of... I mean, I think that they're like hypothetical questions, I guess. but Although, it's
1: one, although it is one of those things that every time there's a, a study in oncology or in, in cardiology and pain, every time that you bring on exercise or activity yep. of any type, it always, I just reviewed a paper this morning for Parkinson's, there's not a single exercise that, that, that doesn't help. Now, the more focused it is, the more specific... The more people are willing to jump onto it because you can't just say go exercise or just eat healthy yeah. just p- paint a picture you have yeah. to have organized systems and you have to have groups that are really buying because it. it's hard when you're when you've been given a bad prognosis or a, yep. a new yep. diagnosis you're like i'm gonna suddenly weave a basket or i'm gonna you know i'm gonna go walk six miles what does that
0: mean yeah but, but, but rob like th- i like the way that we, the way that i like to think about it is again like Think about when you were playing football at Notre Dame, like you had practice every day, right? You know, from 12 to four, whatever your practice schedule was. And yeah, but what if you did that? What if you took that same kind of discipline in an athletic sense, but used it in a creative way? And it doesn't have to be four hours, obviously, but that idea of having that same system, kind of like what I get when I gave you guys the journals, that idea yeah. of having that daily regimen that yep. again is stereotypically set for athletes for athletic exercise, but used it or, in a
1: or the military, the right? Military yeah, exactly.
0: Military. Well, I, I consider that's the same thing. Like really, yeah. truly, they they yep. they exercise the same way. Um, yep. But if it was if it was put into a creative sense, the exercise of the mind component, thinking about it as a practice like we do in athletics, like how yep. does that shift stuff?
3: And well, you know, the, the funny part about what you're saying is, part of the, and again, you know, and again, probably Dave knows this better than anybody here, but why athletes are performing in some ways even better now is because in the 50s and 60s, dude, they were done and they went to work, yep. you know, during the off-seasons, and it was no lifting, no running, and then they ultimately had to get back. Right now, there's almost a sense of you have off-season training, literally. Yep. And so... The off season training then gets you ready for. And so, what we're saying is if you're about to get cancer or some molecular targeted therapy or whatever, it doesn't really matter, that you are again in this prehab mode where your off season training is your, you know, part of it's prevention. But then, once you know you're ready to ramp up, you're getting the off, the, the prehabbing to get ready for, you know, meaning when you, you know, have to undergo the therapy, you have the mental stress, you have the physical stress, all that's being taxed. And all we're saying is that just like in Calgary, where they first showed that, um, that the, I forgot the woman's name, but in Calgary who had the, I mean, honestly, the cojones that says, F you, I think that exercising people before a chemo is not going to kill them, it's going to help them. Right. I mean, she had to eat a lot of crap, but it turns out that she was right. right. We're adding this on and sort of saying for your mental wellness, imagine having these exercises before you even hit your first chemo. Right. That's why I
1: say C-I-F-U, just like she <laughs> I mean, it, it's sad that every diagnosis has to discover exercise and activity. And, and it, well, I mean, you know, it's heart attacks. At first, they stayed in bed for six weeks. Then people said, well, you know, your heart actually probably needs to get back on the ball and start exercise, especially if it, after it's been grafted, it's cabbage. You know, when you're about to undergo chemo you probably want your heart and lungs and your and your brain to be high functioning and it survivorship may say you may live for the next 50 years or you may in six months have to undergo more treatment yes let's be, let's be ready 24 7 for this event and you know what? you'll find you may actually feel better than you've ever felt it sucks that you've got this diagnosis but you may actually be as primed as you can and get more out of those years that you have.
0: Well, it's, is, da- it's Dave. It's like you've, you've said, which is it's when you get a concussion, like the, when I've had concussions, the doctors always told me to not to do anything, go into a dark room. And you're like, no, that's bullshit. Actually, you should do, I mean, you should actually do stuff. You should not just, like exercise your mind.
1: Line, get back to normalcy. Right. I, mean, I think normalcy Dave lay on the couch. Yeah.
2: I think you stumbled onto something, some enlightened phraseology. Um, you? <laughs> what? Which one? Because you said something about it's not just the longevity, it's the quality of life, and that's the key. It's, well, we can't guarantee longevity to our patients. Of course, we strive for that. But this notion of quality of life, improved quality of life, so all of these things are overlapping. If they do exercise, they have a better mindset even if they don't have an improved outcome long-term, which, of course, is our ultimate goal. But realistically, that's not always the case, unfortunately. But by doing these things that we're talking about, this quote-unquote prehab, this will clearly improve the quality of their life. So in a worst-case scenario, whatever time our patients do have, by doing these things that we've been touching upon, that will clearly have a, it'd be a win-win because ultimately we'd like them to live longer. But even if they don't, the years, the months, the
3: days that they have left will likely be improved by doing these things that we've talked about. So question, do we need to bring someone from neuro in this? I really like just the four of us, honestly, but um, but if, I'm actually open to the fact that if you think you need to bring someone from the brain side of the, this, the, the equation on this before we launch it, but personally, I'm okay with just Honestly, the four of us. But oh. now, when
2: you say brain and you say not the four of us, I take a little off. <laughs> my brain is pretty good. At least that's
1: what my mother said.
3: Just want to be clear.
1: <laughs> well, I, well, well, Rob, uh, before you get on, uh, Ron and I and, and both of us were talking about the uh, psychologist that works with Mark Malkin, uh, who, who is really looking to study this area in people with yes brain tumors. Uh, and, and, and I, I, you know, if we don't include, I mean, again, I think we could probably handle it. But, but I, you know, I think as we said for the bench, our, you know, what we want to do is bring the power of holistic healing and hope to the yes. cancer for cancer through a transdisciplinary approach of fitness, creativity, wellness and scientific discovery. That's a big tent, you know. Yes. So I think the tent flaps need to be open. I, I think we need to bring in community athletes who want to help be part of this, artists. I think we need to bring in neuropsychologists. Yes. Like, the, Like you know, neurologists. Everybody needs to be in. And those that get it and are part of the prehab or the bench or holistic cancer care, whatever we call it, they will stick with this because they will feel the passion that Ron talked about. You know, they'll, they'll get empowered by it. those that just want to, you know, look at an image or ju- just want to talk about a CT scan or whatever it is or, or, or a case series. They're gonna fall off the wagon, but, I got but it. It. we need to to build that core. You know? I got it. I'm in. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. sounds good. And, and, I and love I, you I, guys. I think the abstract <laughs> athlete is the partner. I, I just I, I i spent time with Rao last week, and I gave him one of the abstract athlete boxes, and we're talking about to try to get him to say, Mike, this is about starting at the very core of VCU and Massey and the School of Medicine. Everybody needs to get how important it is to be. A holistic practitioner, integrative, you know, you know, and that, that links into Black Lives Matter. You yes. know, that, that link, this is not just about one sh- one slice or one picture. It's so diverse and multimodal. And, and and you know, we've got all these materials ready to go. So, so I think we, the four of us, five of us need to move the engine forward. Um, and, and have an event and, you know, and call the question and then invite other people into the tent.
0: Yeah, no, and we can, I mean, Tony Mandrich would come here in a heartbeat, yeah. I think. Um, we can get other athletes and veterans, obviously, that would totally come for this kick. I think that the podcast actually is, is, is putting, putting these ideas out in the world. Yeah. Um, and I think just 100%. Like, I think yeah. we're all on the same page. There isn't a, a a
1: i i there usually is a downside. There's no downside to this. No, like worst case scenario, you get people with this as as Ron said, the same longevity, but who have filled up that space with joy and with with fullness to their life. They still are expiring in six months or six years. But man, it's been an amazing six months. They've they've filled it out because we've been honest, we've been upfront, we've given them things to add. You know, color to their life and robustness to it—not not, not just plainness, not just thinking about the next chemo or you know the end of, of their, their their life, which is tragic. But you know, let's try to fill that. I think you're going to see people living longer as yeah. well. You know. Yeah. You know. I, and, and you know that would that to me is going to happen. But if it doesn't, nobody's lost anything. You know. And actually, yeah. the, the 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 clinicians, the givers, will get just as much back from it. Because you grow with that as well, so you know. I, I think we, we, we need to ready to launch. Great movie, by the way.
3: <laughs> yeah, but you know what? This is this is really cool. So we'll move from being a group of four, like the Dramatics, to
0: more like the Temptations by adding. After <laughs> <so.
3: laughs> ten years, that was temptation.
0: my that was my <laughs> next question. Is what's your favorite bands? What's your favorite music? a <laughs> good transition, right there. <laughs> I mean, I so
3: don't, what, what, where do we go
2: next? What do we do next? <laughs> I think it's great, and you know, like I know you guys are hip hop kind of guys, but a kid from Brooklyn, you know, I'm, a, I'm into I'm into music. I'm a country guy. So Classroom. to quote George Strait, you know, yeah. along the lines we've been talking about, the quality, not necessarily the quantity. You know, he's got a line in one of his songs, which is a great one. It's, it's the, um, it's not the breath you take. It's the moments that take your breath away, and really says it all you know so uh
1: I, I saw, you man, know what for I, a minute I in houston i heard the exes so all my exes live in texas but oh, oh.
3: well, well, you know what i thought i thought ron g you were going with rancid for a second <laughs> no no no,
0: no man.
3: i was <laughs> like what the hell i like hip-hop i'm
2: going with rancid what the hell i mean i did train in texas you know yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, so our, I think after this podcast, I, th- I think the next step is we do a virtual call and we bring on some of the other folks that, that Ron Johnson has linked up with some of the athletic folks. You know, Rob, if you've got some folks from you know Chicago, e- even Susan Hung, we want to bring her on a call. We get Henley okay. on. We really just do a, a busted out kind of thing and then kind of say, let's take this. You know, let's even put some foundation people behind this. Let's bring them on. Let's yep. say Raise around this bench concept. Yeah, I think I think it needs to have a leg of its own, a life of its own. You know, I don't. It, it's going to have twelve liters. People are going to jump up to it.
0: But the but prehab think- concept is really great. I mean, the prehab, the prehab and the bench are two separate things, but like both you have to
2: have the bench. Be- be- to do
0: beautiful, like yeah. beautiful components to what we're talking about. Because again, like not everybody's going to be a star, so hence the bench. But you still you still work as hard as yes sir. You know I mean that's that's the, and there's the prehab I still component. I got
1: the jersey, man. Yeah. I got the letter. I yeah. still got the letter.
3: <laughs> <laughs> leaders and letters, and it's all about. It. Uh, yeah. Right on, man. Well, I appreciate you guys. Thank you. And I apologize for being late, man. I it's got caught up about. with some it's BS. It's not the quantity, baby. It's the quality.
0: Yeah.
1: You gave us sheer <laughs> <your> goal baby <laughs> well let,
0: uh, let thank you guys for being on the podcast and yeah. and we'll release this soon but um we'll just let's just email each other and get back on figuring out a next step call because i mean we're we're in covid world whether we obviously we hate it um but we can still do stuff and you know I mean we can do it virtually oh, a
1: visionary. That's the, that. That's why I'm always looking in the future in that picture. Oh my goodness! No. <laughs> <level>. Oh my <laughs>
0: goodness! C I F U. For seafood,
2: I would use the word mannequin, but <laughs> no, seafood. There, so enough. I got to come up with
1: something different. Yeah, no, that's on me, babe. You can tell <laughs> oh, that. Oh, oh, oh. He's flexing. You know I was gonna say he's got. He's good. Oh, you know. He's, he's, kidding me? Yeah. Yeah. Next level. All
3: right, all right.
0: Jen. Welcome, welcome to the Gun now. Show.
3: <laughs> <laughs> You're right. Take
0: care, guys. Love you. All right, guys. Later. Take care. Thank, thank you. Bye. Take care. Thanks again to Dr. Wynn, Dr. Gartenhouse, and Dr. Sifu for coming on the podcast today. Really appreciate all of their time, insight, and thoughtfulness. Definitely will get them all back on again in the future. As always, thank you to everyone for listening to the Abstract Athlete Podcast. Please remember to stop by our website, theabstractathlete.com, and our social media outlets for future events, pop-up exhibits, podcasts, and other information. See you next time when we get to talk to an incredible painter and current professional baseball player, Matt Caesar. Thanks as always, and do not forget to exercise the body, and do not forget to exercise the mind. Stay well out there.